0: On our network, we have seen online chat systems are about 1.3x to three times the normal usage. Video streaming has nearly doubled. And uh, for news and media outlets, about 30 to 60% higher traffic. And online gaming is up 20%. So all of these numbers have trended up. And so the associated enterprises and organizations that are providing this service have to make sure that they have their online experience for the customers to be available, reliable, fast, secure, and scalable.
1: Well, hi, this is Jeff Diverter with Cloud Talk, and that was a preview of this week's episode with Arun Singh of Cloudflare. Now, Cloudflare is a company on a mission, a mission to build a better internet, and their service protects and accelerates any online application. Now, they've seen some amazing internet trends and activity of worldwide internet usage patterns all caused by the social challenges of COVID-19. It's a really interesting conversation from a unique vantage point of this whole pandemic. I hope that you enjoy it. But before we begin, reminder, stick around after the episode for some information as well as a preview for what's in store for you in our next episode of Cloud Talk. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. Welcome back to Cloud Talk. My name is Jeff DeVerter. I am the CTO over here at Rackspace. And here on Cloud Talk, as you know, every week we come to you with another story from the world of technology. In some cases, it's very much technology centered around security, around compliance, around containers. We've had those conversations and sometimes even CEOs will come in and give their opinions. Now, today... I am joined by Arun Singh. Now, he is the security product marketing lead over at Cloudflare. And today, we're going to be discussing how COVID-19 has changed the landscape for customer experience online. Arun, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Tell us about Cloudflare. Fill in the blanks, and then we'll dig into the conversation.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you for having me, first of all. Yes, I lead the security product team, marketing team at Cloudflare. And security is such an extremely fascinating space, an ever-evolving landscape. So my experience has been deeply rooted in security engineering and security marketing. To talk a little bit about Cloudflare, Cloudflare is on a mission to help build a better internet. And Cloudflare's platform protects and accelerates any internet application online without all of those legacy hardware, without installing software, without changing a line of code. And today there are over 27 million internet properties that are powered by CloudFriend, and have their web traffic routed through its intelligent global network. And our global network spans over 200 cities around the world. So going back to the mission, help build a better internet. That's what we drive towards every day.
1: Help build a better internet. I don't know if I've heard a tagline for a company that uh, just really, you're here to make a difference, whether that's experientially, whether that is security, whether it's, I mean, it's all sorts of different aspects of it. And I have to be as transparent as possible. 27 million different properties. That's amazing. How long have you guys been in business? How long did it take to accumulate that many customers?
0: Yeah, so we have been around for over 10 years. And last year we went IPO. And one of the key pieces, as I mentioned, that, you know, the, the global network that spans over 200 cities around the world, that has been a journey, right? Taking it from city to city, expanding that network, because the internet, as you know, is a mesh of things. And how do you optimize it is by being in totality across the globe. Yeah,
1: yeah, we were talking earlier, and a few of us here are challenged for internet speed right now, while others have great internet speed. And so we think about it a lot of times in terms of that. But the reality is, is that, you know what, distance matters. The speed of light is still the speed of light. And when you add hops in between point A and point B, it just slows things down. So having 200 access points or points of presence is pretty incredible for you guys. Yes. All right. So Cloudflare, that's a little bit about who you are, but we a lot of the conversations we've been having lately have centered around COVID-19 and the impact that that's had. And so what I wanted to talk about today is COVID-19 in the context of of Cloudflare. So what has has been the Cloudflare experience from a COVID-19
0: perspective? Yes, Jeff. I mean, COVID-19, such a global pandemic crisis that has affected everyone and has affected Cloudflare as well, or influenced it. So there are different aspects of it. First of all, what I'll touch upon is the technology perspective. So as I mentioned, that Cloudflare has this massive network that spans across 200 cities around the globe. Our network observed a surge in the internet traffic. So numerous cities and countries imposed lockdowns, shelter in places. And what really that implied was that more people around the world started being online to accomplish their day-to-day tasks. Now I'm not just working, I'm also buying groceries. I'm talking to my friends that I could not meet. And I'm doing more, more and more tasks, right? Our kids are doing school and everything else. Yes. And so at a macro level, what the internet is, it's a collection of networks interconnecting with each other, right? And if you and I look at that and we think about it, that the whole world is now being online. Oh my God, is the internet going to break? And we saw that, no, it was resilient and proven that it was built for this. So as I started, like Cloudflare has that true mission to build a better internet. We, from a technology perspective, have been working to do that. And we have been in a very fortunate position because the products that we build, the network capacity that we build is keeping in mind crisis like this. Our network capacity for people who are not geeks like me is over 37 terabits per second, which is from an industry standard is really massive, right?
1: You could drive a few trucks through that pipe. That's a <laughs> lot of
0: bandwidth. Yes. The other aspect is that the remote workforce, all of a sudden, with the global pandemic, everyone had to work remotely, right? And so, building products from a technology perspective that make sure that the security, productivity, and efficiency is not hampered when an event of this nature happens. So, that's from a very, very technology perspective.
1: Right, but but you're a marketer, so so tell me yes, about it from a marketing. Yes, perspective. from a
0: from a marketing perspective, this was very unique, right? Because a staple of marketing channels is in-person events, getting to know people, meeting them at forums, meeting them at conferences, and now all of that was gone all of a sudden, right? So we had to find new ways to stay in touch with our target audience, our customers, and we have meet, moved a lot of efforts from generating content that is very very relevant right now because there are more people trying to find things and sharing that through virtual events, webinars. We are holding a lot of virtual roundtables and even virtual events, like a full what a conference would be in the real world is now moving to a digital world. Have
1: you guys assisted in that or have have some customers who are doing that?
0: Yes. So from a roundtables perspective, we have partnered with agencies and uh, starting to bring a lot of IT decision makers together to have a collaborative conversation. It's not just about, you know, Cloudflare. It's more about bringing people together because we are all in the same boat. We're all in the same crisis. And how are we finding different ways of solving it?
1: Yeah, that's interesting because there's a whole lot of, I guess the word uses is grace from everybody because we're all in the same situation. It's not like you're the one person who didn't go to the conference and you're trying to watch or, or watch from home and figure it out. Or you're the one or two people working from home while everybody else is in the office. Everyone's in the same boat and having to deal with the same thing, which creates a challenge from an experience perspective. And so when you think about customer experience, and you guys are trying to build a better internet, that's nothing but a a customer experience. But how has COVID-19 impacted the whole customer experience online?
0: Yeah, so let me just pick it up from the previous conversation around the significant increase in internet traffic. So in normal times, what happens is, that the internet use is down a little on the weekends and the internet usage is diurnal. That means internet use drops during the night and picks up in the morning, which we would expect. We go to work and we start being on the internet. And this sort of pattern repeats globally with the difference being that whether it happens during the day or it happens during the night. With COVID-19, what we observed on our internet usage patterns is that there were more number of people using the internet more for a more number of hours. So all of that is coming together. So for example, in Italy, we, we obviously heard the news that Italy was one of the countries that was struck by this in a very, very serious manner pretty early too. And there we what we observed is that there was an internet usage surge of more than 30%. And it's not just the internet surge, but that was happening at all hours, day and night. So what this really implies is that there's a higher reliance that people are having globally on being online, which means that from a customer online experience perspective, businesses and enterprises need to make sure that their online customers are having a secure, fast, and reliable experience. And this is of paramount importance now more than ever, right? Absolutely.
1: You know, when you think about that, all of us now at home and on the internet, you know, before, if you weren't a work from home person, you went to work and you did your job. Now you'd use some internet there, but it was through their own pipes. And then you went home and you might do a little work from home, some more than others and then it was off to maybe watch some netflix maybe you know do a little shopping do a few things and then you were sort of done but now it's work all day long interspersed with school all day long interspersed with shopping all day long and then ideally at some point work ends and now it's not like you're going out to dinner with friends you're not going to the concert you're not doing those other things this is the one outlet, but it brings the one last piece. And that is, we're talking about this from a work and an entertainment perspective. But then you had the news media outlets, whether you're a big one or you're a little one. Now you have a front and center stage, and now they're trying to deliver important news. You know, What are some of the things you've seen in that space from a Cloudflare perspective?
0: Well, I can tell you from personally from a consumer perspective, Right, this media outlet aspect uh, that you touched upon, Jeff, is so important right now. Right, we all are looking for one of the key aspects of this global pandemic. As I talked to a lot of people, is that a crisis? What we have observed in the past has a beginning and an end. Right, whether it's a hurricane, we know that it started and then it ended. With this crisis, it's continuous, and the news is changing there could be a lockdown, the lockdown could be lifted. And so the news and media outlets that are delivering important news to the audiences, as you mentioned, big or small, you have to be very careful that your infrastructure is prepared for this. Because your audience, which is looking for that news, they are looking for like, I live in San Francisco Bay Area, when shelter in place happened, I went to the big news outlet, but then I went to my local news outlets. And I started looking like, oh, in my county, what are the different rules that have been put in place, right? And I went to some of them. They were having really, really slow experience. I was like, oh, my God, why is this page not loading? And I would leave that and I would go to the competitor news outlet and go like, oh, this loaded up fast. Now, from now on, I'm going to news outlet B than my news outlet A because news outlet B is giving it to me right away, the information that I need. You see how the customer loyalty has shifted because of the crisis now all of a sudden? It's mind-blowing. It's it's really fascinating from that perspective. And this is not just a phenomenon that we are seeing in the news and media outlets. On our network, we have seen online chat systems are about 1.3 times the normal usage. Video streaming has nearly doubled And for news and media outlets, about 30 to 60% higher traffic. Online gaming, I'm sure you have kids who are now glued to the TV with their gaming system. They are. And online gaming is up 20%. So all of these numbers have trended up. And so the associated enterprises and organizations that are providing this service to the customers have to make sure that they have their online experience for the customers to be available, reliable, fast, secure, and scalable.
1: Okay. Yeah. So the thing I keep thinking about with all of this expansion, at some point, like you said in your previous answer, that with other disasters, you know of an end. This one, it's got to end at some point, but there's going to be significant change. And I really wonder, like when you think about how we've gotten used to connecting online, how we're using so much data, so much from a gaming perspective, how much will we actually shrink back, I wonder. But even with all of that usage, I mean, it brings up the next point, and that is more and more of us are online more and more of us have exposed more and more of ourselves and our lives to the internet. What about the security landscape?
0: That is where, you know, all my lifetime I've been spending my time on. And this is why security is so fascinating. There's an unfortunate part of it. that time of crisis is often an opportunity for malicious actors, both in the real world and in the digital world. Anytime there's this crisis in real world, There are, you'll see people with motives, ulterior motives, trying to make the best out of the situation. So in the current situation, we have observed that there's a higher than normal reliance on being online. And because of this, the malicious actors are taking this as a ripe opportunity to launch cyber attacks. Folks that come from a security background, or even consumers like you and me who don't come from a technical or security background, I'll give you two examples of attack vectors that influence us, right? So the first of one is phishing attack. And phishing attack, you must have seen on a daily basis. Hey, Jeff, this is Arun. I had such a great party last evening. You should click on this link to all the see all the pictures that you missed out on.
1: The one that I keep getting is click here to see the status of your stimulus check.
0: Yes. No, don't click that link. Don't click, that link. click that link. And now what, with the, because of this global pandemic and the fact that there's a little bit of that human psychology behind this this is a time there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of dire need for information. And so the phishing attacks have increased, but the messages on the phishing attacks have adapted to this global pandemic as well. So the messages have shifted to COVID-19. There are examples where at the very start of the, when the COVID-19 pandemic st- started, the crisis started, there were phishing attacks that had click on this map to see if your local area has been affected and how many people have been affected. And of course, people who are scared, they don't want to know more information, they would click on that and go to a map that had like malicious actors. surge of
1: infections in your area. Check to see how close it is to you. Yeah,
0: exactly. And people who are not as technical might click on that, right? And there you, you fall prey to a malicious actor or a group of malicious actors. So that's something that we, on a daily basis, see enterprises and individuals being attacked through phishing attacks. There are many, many attack vectors. Another one that I'll touch upon is DDoS attacks. So let me first tell what DDoS is, real quickly. DOS, D-O-S, is denial of service. So a malicious actor generally launches that. And if you, uh, Jeff, you have a lemonade company, a small mom and pop store. But we're trying to grow it. We really think it's going to be something someday. Exactly. And your customers are like, oh, I cannot go to Jeff's store, but let me order my favorite lemonade. And then all of a sudden you have a malicious actor's denial of service attack on your website and boom, the website is not available anymore.
1: Now they can't order.
0: Exactly. No one can order. Somebody sends you a message. Jeff, I'm the person who's taking down your website every 30 minutes. If you don't want me to do that for the next day, send me. A bunch of lemonade. A bunch of lemonades. (laughs) Lifetime of lemonade. Probably they want money and not my lemonade. Well, your lemonade could be that good. That is better than money. So I've been told. (laughs) So send me the lemonade or send me the money or send me cryptocurrency or something like that and I'll stop, right? And what we have seen at Cloudflare through our networks is that the denial of service attacks at the network level had been increasing, right? But if we take just the first quarter, January, February, March, In the month of March, we saw a massive surge in the denial-of-service attacks. And if you go a little bit deeper into the month of March, there were bigger attacks and more number of attacks in the latter half, that means March 16th to March 31st, as compared to March 1st to March 15th. So you see how, as the shelter-in-place lockdown happened, they started seeing, the malicious actors started seeing like, oh, there's an increase in reliance of being online all the time best time. Let me go to Jeff's Lemonade website and take it down because he'll give me money right now or free lifetime lemonades.
1: Right. right. Well, you know,
0: there's value there. It's just
1: terrible that a lot of times this just brings out the the worst aspects of some of the worst folks. I mean, to take advantage of folks during this time. I mean, if, if they would just apply themselves to a good business, think how wealthy they could be. It's unfortunate. But so we go through this process. So, and and you guys are out there fighting the good fight to help the internet experience be great and to build a better internet, even through a a pandemic. What does the future landscape look like from an online experience? How, you know, customers' experiences are 100% different today as they were three months ago. When we came out of into the new year back in first part of 2020,
0: we are totally different people than we were then.
1: So what are your thoughts there?
0: I think the online digital customer experience had been undergoing a massive transformation anyways, right? Think about the time, Jeff, like 20 years back, we had to call a taxi cab company. Now we (laughs) have a ride share. Or we even
1: rented a car when we traveled. Holy cow.
0: Yes, we rented a car. Or we said like, oh, this weekend I'm going to go to the mall. And now I'm like, oh, I just got a new pair of shoes sitting on my couch. So it was undergoing that transformation anyways. But what really happened with pre-COVID versus what we are seeing right now, and it's very difficult to speculate because, as I mentioned, that this crisis is it's evolving, it's unfolding as we speak. I think what every person individually is thinking that, what is my lifestyle continuity planning? Enterprises are thinking about business continuity planning. I'm thinking about my lifestyle continuity planning, Right. So am I going to do more online retail transactions? I was not a person. I like to go to the mall, but I'm not going to go to the mall in the near future, right? My groceries, am I going to do that? Am I going to do that for my grandparents so that I get the groceries shipped to them directly so that they don't have to leave their house? So all of this is, I think, going to make the virtual environment really, really important, not just till this pandemic lasts, but even beyond that, right? It'll become the new normal.
1: Yeah. So you make the point and, and you're, I think you're hundred percent correct that we were already going through this transformation, but we were going through this transformation at an, I'll call it a normal pace. And I've had this conversation also around some other things and that when we think about enterprises and what they've had to do to prepare for and deal with COVID is they're not really doing anything that they weren't already going to do. They were just on a three year roadmap. Now they've done it in three months. And so we were looking, if you look at what we were doing as a society, transforming ourselves over the next three years, again, we've done it in three months. And personally, it sort of makes me a little sad because it's forced us into these environments where we have so few or so much less face-to-face customer interactions, because while I love my technology and I love doing this stuff, there's really no difference of having a cup of coffee across the table from someone else.
0: That is so true. and the the part that you mentioned, Jeff, about the enterprises. Even that has radically changed, right? So living through this 10 years back from an enterprise, like you are your, your favorite Lemonade website. And let's say that you all of a sudden have a surge in the number of people that are buying your Lemonade. 10 years back, you couldn't have even thought about doing that capacity planning for your infrastructure just by the snap of a finger. Right. No, not at all. Exactly. Now today with the cloud, you can. You have that capacity planning, and what enterprises, big and small, are starting to see is that if cloud adoption was on my roadmap, as you mentioned, Jeff, in 2021, I'm pulling it in because this is going to be the new normal that my customers want. My customers want higher capacity, on-demand capacity. The moment the website cannot be down. It has to be on for whatever reason. It's a security attack. It's a capacity issue. It has to be on. So even industries, that there are certain industries that are at the forefront. For example, financial services and technology industries, they consume all this cloud adoption really quick, but there are industries that have been laggards or slow in adopting, and even they are starting to think like, okay, now I have to reprioritize this and I bring it up to the front, right? So that's one part which I think enterprises will see as a massive change and shift into, And the other part, which, you know, the background that I come from, security, security in the past five to 10 years has become a key part of an IT strategy. But now it will start to gain more and more importance because let's say that you as a company, you launch a new streaming service and you're so excited right now. There are more and more people that are looking at online content and you say, like, yes, this is the right time and I have the right opportunity. I want to bring great content to people. And the, moment, the day that you launched the service, let's say that your website was attacked by a credential stuffing attack, which is usually like somebody has a trove of username and passwords, goes to jeff.com, starts putting that and all of your users are locked out. And all the marketing spend gone down the drain. Gone down the drain because they can't get there. They can't use the service. They can't get there. So security is going to become so important as well. And more than a cost center, more and more enterprises are going to look at security as an investment, not anymore as a cost center.
1: Yeah, so much. so. I think an interesting proof point of that is you know Microsoft here in the past. I don't remember exactly when they did it, past couple of months. But you know, from the online developer tool perspective, they now have a whole AI and ML engine that sits behind. And as you compile your code, as you have errors it is actually able to flag if this error is a security-based error. And I think that, that if you think about that from a line-by-line code perspective of an application's most precious assets, all the way up to the rest of it, security is everything. You know, It's just like, do you have electricity to the building? Do you have internet to the building? Are we 100% secure through
0: everything? That is so true. And just to extend that, that idea, Jeff, what really is happening also in the security landscape is that more and more enterprises are looking at themselves and saying, my core competency is finance. My core competency is healthcare, right? My core competency is not building security models and machine learning models and AI models, right? And what they really want is like, they want a cloud edge that secures them at the very outer perimeter. Like you are my outer perimeter that blocks all the attacks and keeps me safe. Right, The same way that in the analog world, we have security services that you might have around your house and you say like, oh, I have XXX around my house and then that's it. I'm very happy because I'm safe. Even if I'm not there, I know that it'll monitor, it'll alert me, it'll let me know a security incident is happening. And so doing that at the edge is going to be the new normal going forward. Cloud delivered edge services for security.
1: We will expect that as a utility, just as, as we'd expect the internet itself even to work. We're going to look for that because our grandmothers don't know how to do this stuff, but they rely on the internet to live at this point, like the rest of us do. So this is super fascinating, an amazing conversation. I wish we had a little bit more time because I think we could go deeper. But I want to ask you a question, and I didn't let you know I was going to ask this question. So you've been locked home. You have already mentioned you're in the in the San Francisco area. You've been locked in your house. What's the one fun thing you've gone and learned? What have you done that's outside of your normal? How have you made use of your time?
0: Mostly I've gone to gardening. Something that I wouldn't have thought about in my lifetime, that I would be such a therapeutic activity. Going you don't, and have, see to plant grow. don't have to reboot You don't have to reboot your hands it. in the dirt. <laughs> it's the best. Make some planter boxes, uh, sow some seeds and see it grow.
1: I'm so happy. In fact, I was on another podcast and you're supposed to bring a book recommendation. And my book recommendation was go onto your online bookseller of choice and buy a gardening book. And I don't care if you live in a high rise or on a bunch of property, at least get a little planter and plant a tomato plant and watch it grow. And then you get to eat it. And it's a great thing. Arun, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to, to have this conversation. We will definitely do this again. And I hope you come out of it all right. And I hope your plants grow well.
0: Yeah, no, thank you, Jeff. And I hope um, your family and everyone that's listening on this podcast, everyone is healthy and safe. And it's been a pleasure. Would be so happy to come back and have another chat with you. That'd be fantastic.
1: Everybody, this has been Cloud Talk. I am Jeff Deverter, CTO of our solutions team over here at Rackspace. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to talking to you again.
0: This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com.
1: What a view of the internet through the lens of the Cloudflare Network. Now, if you aren't already familiar with them, check them out at www.cloudflare.com. Thanks, Arun, for taking time to share your experiences and observations with us over here at Cloud Talk. Now, I recently published a new article over on solve.rackspace.com on how we think businesses will emerge stronger after COVID-19 because of the unique ways that people are applying technology to their daily lives and business lives. Now, I'm just one of several curators over on the site who work with our editors to ensure that every week we have fresh, impactful articles made available for you. So check it out at solve.rackspace.com. That's S-O-L-V-E.rackspace.com to see everything that's available. Now, by the way, there's no paywall keeping you from any of the content. It's all made available for free by our partners over at Dell. Now, let's give a listen to what we have in store for you in our next episode of cloud talk the observation was made that when a tesla drives down the street and its machine vision detects a pothole and dodges around it that's an impressive you know stupid technology trick but the fact that the next tesla that drives down the street doesn't need to see the pothole because it already knew about it that's the kind of thing that a global computing fabric with immense resilience and scale can deliver without even breaking a sweat. And that's in our next episode of Cloud Talk.